0: Hey y'all, AB3 here. Before we get started with today's show, I just want to give you a couple of updates on the greatest hunting app that there is right now. Of course, I'm talking about the Onyx Hunt app. I have it. I don't go into the woods without it. Onyx Hunt, man, that application saved me so many times. I want to tell you about the wind and weather We all know that plays a big part in what we do, how we decide to hunt, where we decide to hunt. And when you have the Onyx Hunt application, you can see hour by hour forecast for wind speed and direction. Check it out for the next eight days, any spot that you hunt on your map, up to the next eight days. That means you can plan, plan ahead. Kind of like how they said in the AT movie, plan ahead, amigo. You can do that when you got the Onyx Hunt app. Weather updates coming from 100,000 weather stations, refreshed every 15 minutes. Large intuitive visuals make it easier for hunters to identify weather patterns, make those in-moment decisions, switch it up, kill those big deer, kill those big elk, get after those ducks and geese, making quick on-the-spot decisions, man, to help you be successful. Trim tracks, man. If you got the trim tracks, you can easily get to and from your stand. Sometimes you forget to turn your trim tracker off. Now with the trim tracks, you can trim those extra steps, get it down to a precise direct route in and out of your hunt area. Onyx Hunt. Know where you stand. Make sure if you don't have it for your Android or your iPhone it is available you can also use it on your browser web maps are available whatever you choose to use just make sure you're using onex hunt Mountain, Georgia. This is the Bryant Land Show, hosted by Proud Gamecock and South Carolinian AB3. Merry Christmas, everybody. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy New Year's, because it's on the way. But hopefully, you are enjoying the holidays. On this Monday it is Christmas week or depending on where you' from, it might be criminal. that's how some people say it. but either way, it is the holiday season it is a time to be happy and thank you for joining us for another episode of the Brightland Show. We're glad that you are here. Knocking down the doors to the end of 2020, getting ready for the Christmas holidays, and in doing so, we have another wonderful show for you this week. Hopefully, you will definitely enjoy it and listening to this while you're either trimming your Christmas tree, maybe you're out getting some hunts in, whatever the case, thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast, before I get in to my guest today, uh, like I said, it's Christmas season. We're always, you know, excited about Christmas. All these other things for you, late Christmas shoppers, if you have not finished getting your Christmas gifts. Just a couple of things to think about. A couple of gift ideas that you can definitely use as far as, you know, getting great gifts for the person that's in your life. So I would start out by saying can't go wrong with a bow. That definitely for the hunter or the huntress, in your life even for the child that you want to introduce to bow hunting that is always at the top of my list you cannot go wrong with getting a bow this time of the year shotgun rifle again another great gift always i encourage it you know if you got someone maybe it's time to replace that old shotgun in the middle of duck season or no goose season maybe you want to get them a new uh shotgun for turkey season coming up in the spring new rifle no after deer season ends in certain parts of the country here in the next few weeks or whatever you know there's always hogs um excuse me that you can go after with with a uh with a rifle So, that new rifle will definitely be a great Christmas gift. Maybe a new pistol, new sidearm. So, you can't go wrong, like I said, with a firearm. You can't go wrong with a bow. Uh, Grills, definitely can't go wrong with that. Uh, Pick up a nice grill for that special person. You know, I'm all about giving really good gifts, stepping out of the box. Um, So these are some things, maybe even a subscription, you know, subscription to your favorite hunting magazine, maybe a subscription to Onyx Maps. You can gift that um, from the folks that Onyx Hunt, cheap plug, not so cheap, but letting you know. Uh, Those are, you know, some things, like I said, that would be great gift ideas. They're out of the box, yet practical, and it should make the hunter or huntress or even child in your life happy. As for my guest today, Brandon McDowell, uh, Sam Houston State University alumni from the great state of Texas, uh, considers himself as amateur outdoorsman, Brandon It's someone that I came across. Uh, I thought he was a really interesting fellow. We had a great conversation uh, just talking about video production, filming, stuff like that, getting into some hunting. He's a new bow hunter, new uh, to the uh, bow hunting game here. So, like I said, Brandon and I got a chance to talk. We had a great conversation. And without further ado, I'm going to move on out the way and let you hear my conversation with Brandon McDowell here on the bryant land show bryant brandon mcdowell welcome to the bryant land show
1: well i appreciate it man thanks for having me for sure
0: man so how's it going out there in texas it is cold and rainy right now here in georgia what's it looking like out there in uh in south texas
1: well today we got a we got a little break it's been it's still cold but the sun's out today the past couple days have been just raining and dark and gloomy and just cold it's it's made it hard to you know get up and get that morning workout in but we try to do it anyway
0: (laughs) tell me about it tell me about it i was very much thinking about going deer hunting this morning and then i saw what the weather forecast was going to be and i was just like you know what i think i'm gonna tap out on it today and give it a try either tomorrow or the next day but man this this weather will definitely uh grab you in a hold and won't let you go sometimes <laughs> yeah
1: it is but it'd be pretty good hunting here you Now finally we get this is probably like our first good cold weather so it probably got the deer on their feet and trying to like move around and finally get some rut action this way it usually usually happens pretty late for us down
0: here. I was about to say yeah cuz y'all have um you know it's it's always so funny cuz y'all have like a, a what is more like a December rut, right? Pretty much. Pretty yeah. Much. And it it's so crazy that the industry and just like what people talk about and when people think about the rut, it's always like November, but like here in Georgia, I mean it's it's a little bit November, and then, you know, there's a lot of people, uh, folk legend that there's a second rut in December down here in Georgia. You know, Alabama, I think, is not till like, January, February. Mississippi is late in December. But all anybody ever talks about is November.
1: Yeah, pretty much. But down here, it's it's late. As soon as it really needs that cold weather to get down here for it to really get them going, I guess.
0: Now – Like I said, one of the things that drew me checking out your profile, checking out your stuff, the amateur outdoorsman. What do you consider? Like, it's funny because I've never heard anyone really refer to themselves as an amateur outdoorsman. Like, you hear newbie hunter or, like, you know, late onset adult hunter, stuff like that but the why do you classify yourself as an amateur outdoorsman
1: i would say because i've grown up in south texas you kind of where i grew up i was always around hunting like i got to hunt a lot um hog hunting stuff i had a lot of friends that ran dogs and coon hunting and all that kind of stuff starting out but i really didn't get to deer hunt or like big game hunt i guess you call it Mm -hmm. so like i've always been around it like i've growing up i hauled hay worked cows and all that kind of stuff so it was like we always got to see big deer in our area every now and then when we were out there but i never really got to hunt them i actually didn't shoot my first deer until i was 24 i think i was 24 so although i was around it all the time i really didn't get to you know participate i guess and get to shoot anything but like like i said i got to hog hunt a lot and hunt coons and
0: kill coyotes and all that kind of stuff well the hog hunting is always something that is a favorite of mine because just because that was the first animal that I ever killed uh hunting and you talk about not killing a deer until you were 24 try not killing one till you let's see if I do math on the fly which I hate 35, uh, 38 yeah i yep. was 38 when i killed my first deer so you still yeah. got a you still got a good uh a good head start on me and oh that. yeah I mean, I mean,
1: by, <laughs> by no means I was, I was i was pretty blessed to grow up in the area i did i mean we were 45 minutes from saltwater so we bay fished a lot we have redfish trout all that good stuff growing up and then like i said the places we got to work on and haul hay and stuff like we got to see all kinds of wildlife i mean we have white-tailed deer hogs javelina dove quail every now and then i mean it's it's a great place to grow up like i I would never pick anywhere else
0: (laughs) it sounds like a lot going on down there what what was the thing that i guess made it click for you that was like okay you know what i want to get into like deer hunting and and get you know into more big game hunting was there a one experience did somebody just take you out and was like oh this is it like what i guess well, what was the catalyst
1: the the whole time like i like i said growing up i mean that's that's what you dream about i mean you live down here and you hear about big south texas deer i mean it's that's always been something I wanted to do. It's just, I, and don't get me wrong. I got to go deer hunting a couple times, but I never got to take a deer. Mm-hmm. But, um, like, like I said, just growing up down there, it's, it's Texas. We love deer hunting. It's like one of our biggest industries. And that's always the goal is to shoot a big, wide, tall South Texas deer. I mean, even people from other parts of the state have leases in South Texas for a reason. (laughs) That's
0: true. That's true. It is on the bucket list uh, of things that I want to do. I've hog hunted in Texas. Um, I was supposed to turkey hunt in Texas before uh, all the COVID stuff happened. So that kind of put a kibosh on that earlier this spring. Hopefully I'll get to do it next year. But yeah, yeah, you are right. That is definitely a bucket list thing. Uh, for a lot of hunters, definitely a bucket list thing for myself. Uh, was it with a gun or a bow? Or
1: um, the first deer I shot was with a gun.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah. Now, I, I, oh, go ahead. I'm I sorry. Didn't
1: get it, I didn't get into bow hunting until um, actually. I've I've been a fan of bow hunting, but didn't start actually shooting a bow until like July, August of this year.
0: Ah, nice. Yeah. Nice.
1: So COVID kind of kinda helped me in that sense to give me something else to do, I guess.
0: <laughs> Better now is just as good a time as any, right? Yes, sir. What uh what kind of bow you shooting?
1: So I have a Matthew Solo Cam. I actually got it from a, a buddy of mine. He got a new bow and he had this one laying around and he was like, Hey man, I know you were like thinking about it, but uh you can shoot this one. For now, until you decide if you want to buy one or what you really if you're really into it or not. So, I started shooting that bow. Um, I wasn't like I said, it was my buddies and it's given to me, so it was pretty nice. I didn't have to go out and pay for one like my first round, but uh, I've been shooting it and I've liked it. It's, I mean, like I said, I haven't compared it to many others, but. It's worked
0: for me, so I can't complain. <laughs> yeah, no, it I, man. That is one of the things about shooting a bow. It's like once you find one that's comfortable or you get comfortable with it, then it's not something you you do a lot of tinkering with. Man, once you yeah. get that level of comfortability, you just kind of roll with it. I've the same way with mine. I bought um a uh Halon six. Well, my first bow was a uh, was a bear, a bear cruiser and I once i decided that i was going to stick with it and i really enjoyed uh you know shooting the bow and wanted to be a bow hunter and become a better bow hunter i went and got a matthews and it was funny because i shot like a, about three or four different types you know you go to the store and you get to shoot all kinds of bows and stuff and then when i shot that one it was just like, okay, this works, you know. And the more and more every year that I shoot it, it's just like, man, I can't imagine. I guess it would be almost like golf clubs or anything like that or like baseball players with their bats. Yeah. It's like you don't want to do or want to use anything else but that. So. Definitely,
1: definitely.
0: That's kind of how I feel with my shotguns. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a few of those, uh, a few of those wing shooter, um, wing shoot pitchers and um, – a couple other pictures you had with your shotgun as well. You, I know you said you um sometimes you get some quail and stuff down there. You duck hunt a lot down there too?
1: I have not gotten the duck hunt yet. That's It's on my list. But, like, I in, I was in 4-H and FFA and stuff in high school, and I actually shot competitively, um, trapping, skeet, and all that stuff in high school through 4-H. And then I shot a little bit for a year in college also. But, yeah, like, shot wing shooting, bird hunting, that's – it's something I, I really, really love, but gotten to do like limited amounts of. Like I've gotten to go dove hunting, but I haven't hunted quail or ducks yet. But it's definitely on the list.
0: Wow! Now you were on the so you were on the shooter team uh, at Sam Houston. Yes, sir. Wow! How did how was that? How did that go?
1: Um, I was actually it was it was an experience that I, it was a lot of fun, but I actually. Didn't shoot until like my my last semester, my senior year, because I graduated high school in 2010. But I went to school for a little bit, and worked, and paid for school, and all that kind of stuff. And then quit school for a little bit. But I finally wound up getting back in, and it was uh, just sitting around in class one day, and one of the guys that was on the team was saying that they were having tryouts for it, and I was like, man, I I used to shoot in high school, and I was like, I was like, all right, but you know, I'll just give it a shot. So I went to the tryouts. Um, they were like three weeks away, which I found out. So I had like, <laughs> I went for the next three weeks, probably like three or four days a week at the range here. And we're like shooting again and went to the tryouts. I wound up making the team, uh, went to nationals, which was an experience that was awesome. Just being around that many shooters again, it was a lot of fun. Reminded me a lot of like how it was shooting in high school and stuff. And uh, shot. Pretty good for such short notice on it, but um, I shot a like a 93 in skeet, an 88 in trap, or something like that, and I was trying to look for my score, and I had to like go go back a couple pages to find mine. There were a lot of people that shot straight hundreds and 99s and 98s. And <laughs> I just wasn't at that level, but it was a lot of fun. I, I love shooting. I still get to go to a couple shoots here and here and, every now and then for like different organizations that I'm a part of. So. It's a lot of fun. I, I like doing that a little bit more than golfing,
0: I guess. <laughs> yeah. Well, I like any of that better than golfing. It was funny because that's how I got, you know, people always ask me, it's like, well, what made you decide to pick up a bow? And I was just like, well, I got tired of playing video games and I knew that I would never golf because golf, I, that was just not my deal. But <laughs> um, the the shooting, to be able to do it competitively, man, that that's always an ex- a skill that I admire. I mean, I dabble a little bit in uh, skeet shooting, duck hunting, and uh, you know, I've killed a turkey with a shotgun. So, you know, killed lots of geese, a few ducks um, with it. But it's something that I found, at least uh, for me, it's like. If I step away from it for a while, it takes me a little bit to get back into a form and get back into to being you know, a really decent shot. And that's a decent shot, not even a great shot. Decent. Oh, definitely.
1: Definitely. I mean, I remember like we had practices in high school where we shot five days a week in the, in the summer before we went to state. So. The, the few days that I got to warm up, you'd say, definitely wasn't enough to really go and compete. But like I said, it was a lot of fun and just going and shooting and being outside is enough for me. So
0: yeah, and, and I think too, and I've I've said this before, I don't think people who don't who didn't grow up in the South or went to school in the South understand how. We would be able to learn and how to shoot, you know, like shotguns and stuff like that in summer camps or summer programs or school. Like, I can still remember going to high school when people, uh, or when kids drove like their parents' trucks or whatever and they had a shotgun rack in it or the shotgun was in the back. Um, oh, yeah, definitely. I learned how to, you know, shoot. Uh, Our first shot of shotgun when I was in a summer camp and we had a guy that would come, you know, every week uh, from the uh, DR or DNR and would come teach us a a hunting class, basically, you know, like outdoors and, you know, hunting safety and all that kind of stuff. And at the end of the program, we got the shot. We got to shoot uh, shotguns. That was like our reward for finishing yeah. the program like people don't understand that you're at an early age how you know you're introduced to guns and stuff if you didn't grow up you know in the south or grew up in a rural area
1: definitely I mean I I think kids today definitely kind of lack in that area and it would be like a helpful tool for a lot of things but like you I said I, I was I didn't grow up in the area where we got to have guns when we went to high school. But every, every
0: now <laughs> was, and then, every, I was about to every, say every, you're a little younger than me. <laughs> yeah, every now and then somebody might forget one or something, or you got
1: you went dove hunting before school or something like that. But we we really didn't, you didn't get in trouble for it. They might tell you, hey, you need to call your parents to tell your dad or something to come pick it up, and then we'll go on from there and don't let this happen again. But right, it, it definitely it definitely isn't like it is now and i mean i went to a pretty small school like my graduating class was 118 people so i pretty much went to school with them from pre-k and kindergarten all the way up it was pretty much the same people and i mean we got to run run around on pieces of property and be outside so it was it taught us a lot a lot of responsibility definitely because i mean we'd leave in the morning and just hang out or uh run around and then we'd come back when it got dark uh, I grew up in the middle of town, so uh, I didn't have my personal family, personal family didn't really have any like property or anything, but I had a lot of friends that did, and I was pretty lucky in that fact, for sure.
0: Definitely, definitely. So, picked up a bow and you said, what, June or so this year, basically over the summer. Yeah. Have you, I know that you've been out Hunting with it because I've seen the seen the video and we're gonna talk about that in a little bit. Uh, but have you, other than that, have you had a chance to kill anything with it yet?
1: Not yet. That was the only thing. That was my first attempt, and um, I was successful. But that was that was the first thing I've shot with it.
0: Nice, nice. So the video that I'm referring to, and again, you can go. And check it out. Drop your Instagram real quick so people can check that video out. It's at
1: at McDowell, MCDOW underscore Brandon, B R A N D O
0: N. So if you get a chance, go look at it. And you're sitting there, and no deer comes in, pretty standard affairs, kind of hanging around, hanging out, hanging out. And then you go and you draw back get ready, take a shot, and it it seems like almost instantaneously as soon as you release that arrow, that deer ducks, the arrow goes completely over the deer, and then uh, so basically it kind of like jumped the string, as we say. What did that, and I know you posted about it and you just like how great of an experience it was and stuff and how, you know, it was a great learning experience. What did you learn from that?
1: So, I mean, I've, like I said, I've been a fan of bow hunting. So I've, I've heard of this happening, but to the degree that i saw it, um, I didn't really like understand. And I mean, also like, so practicing up for this shot, you know, I was, I was practicing probably the shortest distance I practiced was like at 25 yards and I was shooting at 30. I actually got up to shooting where I was at 40 yards and I was putting like a decent grouping together. Mm Um, and this deer comes in at, at 17, and I've been shooting at 25. And, I mean, having to figure out where I was going to put my 20-yard pin on this deer at 17 yards was a little bit different. And I knew, like, I I shoot, like, I knew it was going to be kind of high, but I just didn't compensate as much as I needed to. And it was, like I said, it was definitely an experience and a learning curve for sure.
0: Man, you know, you hear about certain things in the woods happening or when you're out hunting and, you know, you talk about hearing, you know, people talk about jumping the string. I've never seen it. Um, but watching your video and then seeing it firsthand, I can't imagine what it was like to sit in the blind. And you probably it was probably definitely a what a WTF moment when you yeah. let that arrow go. And, and I also understood too, and I was like, you know,
1: I, I could see like a deer jumping a string a lot faster, like at thirty five yards, where that distance is there for that arrow to get there. Right. But I was at seventeen, so I was like, eh, it shouldn't be that bad. But right.
0: <laughs> It was a little bit more than I expected. <laughs> I mean, like I said, just the to, to see it, I can only imagine. Like I said, just sitting there, and you know, taking that shot, letting it go, and then thinking it's gonna be good, and the, dick, and the deer just gives you the slip. Like, whoop! Time to get yep. out of here. <laughs> it's like, gone. man. And it because it's funny. Like I said, when you when you see it. Firsthand. It's one thing seeing it on video or hearing it on video, but um, to be there for it firsthand is a completely different experience. Like I have always, you know, worked on my grunt cadences and my grunt calls and stuff like that. And, you know, you see people on TV like grunting at Deard and, and whatnot. But, like, I had an instance on one sit a few weeks ago where there was a buck, he was coming down, and I was grunting at him, and I stopped, and he started grunting back, and it just blew my mind. It was almost like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> like, because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I have, I have never had one response. It's almost like the first time I went turkey hunting, and they started calling, and you calling turkeys, and then they gobble. It's like, okay, what's next? Like, yeah, <laughs> what, what? What do I do? now? <laughs> right. Like, and you still don't see them. Like, it's one thing if you see them and they're right there, and you you know you can take a shot but you know he was still off in the brush and like i could hear the brush rustling and then it it took me uh, it caught me off guard the very first time cuz i was like okay well what the hell is that yeah and then he did it again and i'm like duh dummy it's the deer <laughs> like, but you just not like i said until you experience it firsthand it it completely catches you off guard
1: Definitely, you you definitely try to prepare in your mind, and you know, and try to replay all those situations you think they're going to happen. But when it happens, it's a, it's a completely different story.
0: Yeah, that moment that that moment of truth when it when it comes down on you. Let me ask you this: what um what kind of sight are you using?
1: So I'm using a four pin sight. Um, I'd have to look at the brand. I'm not even real sure what it was. But um, I'm just using a four-pin sight, and I have it set at 20,
0: 30, 40, and then the 50-yard pin. Yeah, Gotcha. I will say, tell you this, and I am by no means any expert by any stretch of the imagination. This is only, I can only tell you stuff that I've experienced firsthand. I started out with the four-pin sight um, when I got my first bow, and then I went to a single-pin adjustable that's what I've been hearing, man. Single greatest thing I've done since I've been bow hunting, like definitely legit. Like it, <laughs> it clears your sight picture, and then the adjust, the adjustments on the side for like the different ranges. And I don't know about you, but for me, the the thing I hate the most about working with a bow or fooling with a bow is trying to cite it in. Like, it's a long, tedious process, um, you know, like, just trying to get it. And if you want you know, you want to try to get it down exact, obviously, so you can be accurate. When yeah. when I did my, my one pen, it's like you cite it in at, I think, like, 40 or 50, and then you cite it in at 20, and then from there on out, you're good. And so you just um, you just adjust it. So like even say like if I'm hunting and I know like the range where I want to try to shoot this deer is at like 24. Now I can be exact and dial it to 24 on you know my um, on my slider or whatever, or I'll just set it to like 25, 26, and I know like anywhere in I should be good same thing like if it's like 20 you know 30 or whatever you just kind of set it excuse me and then you know anywhere from the end you should be all right once you I'm telling you when if you get one and you start playing with it and you know just doing little exercises with it and shooting like targets and stuff you'll you'll be like why have I never had this before <laughs>
1: yeah it's definitely something i've heard a lot of people talk about just the people i follow on instagram and stuff and then some of the videos i watch on youtube but um it's it's something i'm I'm definitely gonna try out and actually give it a shot rather than just say you know oh it's not for me or anything like that but
0: yeah you'll you'd be surprised how many people (laughs) will you'll make a suggestion or people will talk about products that they have never touched and will be quick to hunt oh that's a piece of junk. Oh, that's a piece of crap. Like Oh
1: yeah. We <laughs> we I I've heard it about just about everything from the hunting industry to cameras to anything else. So I definitely try to at least try it out or at least do my research on it first before I
0: make a decision. <laughs> and that's a that's actually a a great segue uh when you talk about cameras because your bar M C media what kind of, first of all, what kind of cameras are you shooting with? Because with me being a, a television director, I'm always interested in the equipment and stuff that people are doing. And then what all are you doing with your bar at MC Media?
1: So I have a Panasonic GH4 right now that I personally shoot with most of the time. And then my girlfriend, um, who also owns the company with me, um, shoots with a Canon 7D Mark II. Yeah, we have a um, a Canon XD40 camcorder that we use, and then I also have a DJI Mavic Pro, and then a bunch of GoPros, and then <laughs> we use our cell phones for the 4K and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, so we try to use everything that we can.
0: I like that though. I I like that because what people don't understand is like the way they make cameras now, you know, it's kind of like you start from your big to small. You know, your girlfriend's got the Canon, you know, the 7D, and that's a workhorse. You got the camcorder. You can do, you know, things you need to do with that. But then where the fun really kicks in at, is when you can take those GoPros and those action cams and kind of move them around and put them here and put them there and get different angles, take your phone. like, And people underestimate. They're like, okay, well, if you got, like, this big Canon or this big Panasonic or whatever, you got, like, a GoPro and you got this and that, why do you need a phone? Man, sometimes the best shot and the shot that you need can be just as simple as placing your phone or taking a picture with your phone, or putting your phone in a certain spot and running the video, and you'd be surprised at some of the stuff that you can capture. Like just,
1: definitely, and even and even for the fact too, if you really want to, um, you could set it there and get audio off of it.
0: Right, exactly. That to me, that level of creativity is what makes it fun. And then when you introduce a drone into the picture, right, you, know, you got the. The big boy, I still got, like, the little small DJI, and I've been, you know, kicking it around and trying to find a reason to justify getting the big drone. Um, Hadn't quite gotten to it yet, but, man, you got some toys. So that, that that's awesome. So now what are you doing with all those toys? What does Bar MC Media do?
1: So basically how it started was... um. My girlfriend owned, uh, had her own photography company, and she had been taking pictures since high school. Um, it was called Simply Photography by Megan. And we were, when we were dating, we lived at this place at a community, I guess you would say. It was like a U shape with a bunch of duplexes, and it had a barn and uh, a roping arena. And uh, we had a bunch of friends that roped out there, you know, on a regular basis. And she wanted to start taking pictures again. So I was like, you know, this is a good place to you know, start and you know growing up we've always been in the western industry like I grew up around a bunch of people that rodeoed and roped and had moms and stuff that ran barrels and all that kind of stuff so that's always something we both enjoyed but um she started taking pictures there and then she got um invited to do a couple team ropings around there in the area some calf ropings and people started actually like you know liking her pictures and I mean she's She's really, really good. I mean, I might be a little biased, but she's a pretty good
0: photographer. But, um, and when you and I don't mean to cut you off, but when you're talking about like the barrels and the roping and stuff like that, these are all events that are at the rodeo, right?
1: Yes, they're all events at a rodeo. And, um, I mean, you can the PRCA, the PBR, all that, and bull riding too. We shot a bunch of those, but, um, she started doing that, and then right about this time, I was getting, I was finishing up school and uh, my degrees in agricultural engineering and technology. So I had to write a paper, and then I also had a minor in marketing. So I had to write a paper about um, an emerging technology in agriculture, and I, my topic was drones. So I, I wrote a paper on it, and then found out that you could, you know, get a commercial license and do like some surveying and just documenting of job sites and stuff like that um, with it. So I studied and I passed my drone test. And at this point I was kind of flying some properties for real estate for like family, friends and like different people. And then just really just practicing. I mean, I flew, made a video in Goliad of our courthouse. And then um, we have some missions from the Texas uh, revolution that are in town. So like I flew that and got to make a pretty cool video. But um, these people from the team ropings and stuff started asking about video and did we do video? That's what a lot of people were you know, asking for. So right. um, we didn't at that time, but it was like something that we thought we could kind of, you know, get into. So I went and bought that Panasonic GH4 and oh, actually before that, I mean, I filmed um, a calf roping with just my iPhone and a DJI gimbal.
0: Yep. Mm -hmm.
1: and edit it and that was like the first video that we tried making um it was a lot of fun it was difficult but it was just pretty much made me like want a camera like there was stuff that i would see that i couldn't do with my phone but i knew if i had a camera i could do
0: right yep
1: so that kind of sparked it to where like okay brandon you need to buy a camera so i bought that camera and um we got to shoot my hometown rodeo that was one of our uh first like big kind of videos and it was just like you know we're gonna be there I mean I haven't missed that rodeo since I've been alive except for this year because it got canceled by COVID but uh, we shot that video and a lot of people liked it it got shared on Facebook um, a lot and then um, a lady approached us to do a event here in Bryan called the Seth Brazier Memorial which is for her son who passed away and uh, they have a calf roping a team roping ranch rodeo it's it's just a really big event and um we shot that and that video was like one of the ones that really got shared a lot and um we started doing that then we got invited to do pbr events and some cutting horse events i mean pretty much anything in the western industry that we can cover for media i mean that's that's kind of what we do and then um we take pictures like i said video but and try to make like highlights of events and stuff like that
0: man that's awesome and just to have that entrepreneurial spirit and to recognize you know you you start out at you know the basics you know like with your phone and whatnot in a gimbal and then to grow it into what you're growing it in now man that, that's pretty awesome
1: oh yeah it's it's been a, it's been challenging but a lot of fun for sure
0: definitely definitely and then you mix that in with your texas farm and ranches as well what is what's that man you got you got a lot of things going on uh <laughs> yeah. for for a young man um, your yeah. age that's pretty cool bro yeah i'm
1: i'm trying man i'm trying but uh the texas farms and ranches kind of started as a like i said i grew up in agriculture my degrees in agriculture like that's a a big part of i guess what like makes me i guess and the things I've learned through that sure so I always have an appreciation for it so I started that page because you know you see a lot of stuff on the internet and on social media that like bash farming and ranching and the people that do it and all that kind of stuff so I kind of started that page as like sharing the good side of what I see and try to get more people to see that rather than just you know commenting something negative on a on a page that just wants you to comment on it anyway that's bashing farming and ranching so i just decided to start that page and as something to just show the good side of it the things that i get to see and other people get to see in texas because it is a part it's a huge part of our our economic basis and everything in texas so for that um to be you know looked down upon like it sometimes is like I wanted to do something positive
0: for it. Well, that that's commendable. First off, secondly, I don't really know how anyone could have anything negative to say about farming and ranching like this. Like honestly, I, I, I'm not kidding. Um, that's a new one to me. I've never knew that anybody could have something bad to say about either of those. Because I mean, hell, if it wasn't for farmers. A lot of us wouldn't be eating, um, exactly. number one. Exactly. And then ranching, you know, it's just uh, an extension of that, especially if you're talking about cattle ranching or, you know, grain farmers, uh, you know, raising, you know, pigs, whatever the case is. Like, I, just, I I'm lost for words how anybody yeah. could have anything bad to say about that.
1: Yep. And I mean, it's the same thing you see kind of in the hunting industry. I mean, you have people that, you know, say, well, how, how could you hunt that animal and how could you shoot that? But they'll post a picture of them eating a steak. Like, <laughs> I, I I don't understand. <laughs> so why, why you why? See, like, how, how you see there's a difference there. We're, we're both eating meat. It's just I choose to, you know, participate in the central, I guess, death of that animal where people just buy it from the store and i mean you see it all the time it's like why do you hunt we have grocery stores and i've I've seen the comments now whether they're just bots or something you know put on there to make people get riled up i don't know right (laughs) there's there's the comments are there
0: yeah like i've seen the ones for you know obviously for hunting and stuff i mean i get all kind of crazy stuff like i you know why why did you hurt the animal? What did the animal do to you? You know what? You know how? Can, I think I my probably my favorite one was I posted a picture and some lady commented just like, "Why do we have to see this?" And it's not even somebody that's what that's a follower of mine. So it's like you really had to go out your way to exactly. find this picture. And she was like... Then one of her friends jumped in and was like, yes, it's it's terrible that we have to see this during tea time. And my comment to her was, I hope a bird shits in your tea. I, I was like... I know they say you're not supposed to, like, engage with the trolls and whatever, but... Just, it, it's it's
1: fun you gotta get a little fun in sometimes
0: yeah and it, and that was just that day you know she she caught me on the right day but it, yeah. it it is crazy you know how you see people um that not hunting but like you say we'll turn around and have like a a, a steak or a pork chop or whatever it's just like you <laughs> It's like I know where mine came from. You, yeah. Are you a hundred percent sure about yours? You know, yeah. and, and I mean,
1: and like you said, it's those those people. I mean. They're, they're setting their ways, and that's fine. I mean, if you don't want to hunt, that's perfectly fine. Like, that doesn't bother me one bit. If right. you don't want to eat meat, that's perfectly fine. It doesn't bother me one bit. That's more for me. Right. You. But, um, <laughs> exactly. Just don't try to make me have to believe what you believe.
0: Right. I'm, to- uh, uh, I'm totally with you on that. But, um, wow. Like I said, farming, though, man. Like, you – I really – can't begin to understand what would go into a person's mind that uh that has something bad to say about farmers man especially with everything that's going on nowadays but whatever so be it yeah
1: i just think it's just the lack of education i mean people really just don't have to know right don't it's it's not something that's right there in their face that they have to learn about but they still i i still believe that there should they should have some understanding and I mean, even if you don't know and you want to know, just ask questions, man. Like, just ask questions and try to learn. And right. It'll that'll be better than just assuming.
0: Right. They're making a, a, an assumption.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of like what I said. What that page is for, too. Like, if somebody, um, like I, I had somebody a lady comment the other day on a post that she didn't, I can't remember which what it was, but she didn't know something. And then that her seeing that post, she learned that what I posted about. And I was like, you know what? Like, that's pretty good. Like, you don't really hear it that much. But like her comment and say, well, thanks, you know, for that information like that. That was pretty cool to see.
0: Right. To to know that you're educating and enlightening, maybe opening someone's eyes to. A thought process that they hadn't never processed before, or something yeah sure. yeah, definitely, and any time you can do that and score that as a win win for the good guys, so definitely and with basically, so you got your personal page um and all the hunting and stuff that you do with that, and then these other two pages, are you looking to kind of? take a dive in the hunting industry a little bit do you do uh Uh, that's
1: that's kind of what we've been doing um seriously since COVID happened a lot of the rodeos and stuff we didn't um we didn't get to go to because they were canceled so we were just trying to figure out like you know what we could do to you know pass the time like what could we film what could we do to produce content just to keep our like our business and our brand going and we had the opportunity to go on a couple hunts in the spring Um, Went on a black buck hunt. My buddy shot um, a black buck on this place, and I got to go film it. And then um, we had some buddies in in Louisiana who's also the guy that shot the black buck. He's friends with them. He met them uh, when they were hunting in Africa. But um, they came, and they wanted to hunt turkeys. They're real good turkey hunters. And, uh, I mean, to tell you the truth, here in Texas, a lot of people really don't hunt turkeys. A lot of people actually deer hunt turkeys, if you would call it that. Cause we're allowed to shoot them with, uh, with rifles in, in, the, in the fall. So, okay. um, wow. Uh, so a lot of people really don't take turkey hunting seriously, serious down here, but they came in the spring and they wanted to call and run and gun and all that kind of stuff. And we were like, well, shoot, man, I've never, I've watched a couple turkey hunting shows mm-hmm. to be honest with you. It wasn't like, like I said, where I grew up, it wasn't just a big thing, but I was like, you know what, we'll run around with them and, and try to film it try to get something on, uh, on camera. So we did, and man, to tell you the truth, it was a lot of fun, like a, a lot of fun. We hunted for like four days, and um, we got on this one turkey like the second day, and we actually missed him two times and then finally got it killed on the last day. So it was like a, a really cool experience, and we got to get it all on camera and film it all. We didn't get the kill on camera, but just – being in that atmosphere and what we did, the footage that we got was pretty good and it, it was just a lot of fun. And then in turn, since they came and hunted turkeys, we went and we went offshore fishing with them, um, out of Louisiana, out of Grand Isle. Oh wow. So we went uh tuna fishing and caught Red Snapper and all that kind of stuff. So we kinda of traded off on that and that was a lot of fun. So that was kinda of like our segue into like filming and, you know, and taking pictures of out uh, hunting and stuff. But like we're a part of both my girlfriend and I are both part of like Houston livestock show and rodeo. Um, we volunteer there and we're on the ranch and wildlife committee for them. And we do a lot of stuff through that with uh, kids and outdoors and stuff. So it's always been like something we thought about doing. We just hadn't had the opportunity to. And then, like I said, with all the rodeos and stuff getting canceled it kind of put us, in a position to really try that out with some opportunities to practice and stuff like that
0: man that's awesome That that is awesome i know like i've done some filming for myself um like when i went out to nebraska i uh, went turkey hunting out there uh, caught some uh goose kills you know on my um Tacticam and stuff like that, man. Filming wildlife and filming in the outdoors, filming hunts and stuff. It it's not. What's the word I'm trying to say? It it's not as good as actually going out hunting, but it's probably the next best thing.
1: <laughs> oh, def- definitely the next best thing. Like. Just like I said before, just being outdoors, period. Any chance that you can get to be outdoors is a good thing. Yeah. And then being able to film it and film somebody get that kill or, like, you know, catch that big fish, like, that's even better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Man, that – so if you – any chance that you get to do that and continue to grow that and and, and film hunts and stuff, man, I wish you the best. Because, that, like I said, that's the next best thing uh, if you can't be sitting in the blind right there waiting to to release an arrow, pull the trigger, man, to be right there with the camera and to capture, you know, the emotion, the excitement, and to be out there just, um, you know, filming the animals and just looking at how they interact and studying them and stuff, man. It, it's all a wonderful thing.
1: It is. It really is. I mean, I wish, you know, Somebody would have told me that when I was in high school trying to figure out what I was going to do. It'd be a little different. <laughs> you know, you, you grow up watching all the hunting shows and stuff but like nobody ever really tell. And like, you see the guy in the hunting show, right? Like the main person. Yep. And, and everybody wants to be that guy and everybody like always, well, it's too hard to be that guy. And everybody forgets about the camera guy, the sound guy and whoever else, the production crew, like they're still there too in that hunt and yes. still Seeing the same exact things, you know, nobody ever t- talks about them.
0: <laughs> yep, yep, it was funny because uh, one of the first people that I talked to when I started doing my podcast, um, was Jordy Summit, uh, from uh, Buck Commander and uh, Strut Commander. And you know, I was talking to him, and he's oh, he always like, You know, whenever I go and I talk to kids, it's like, Well, it's like, do you want if you want to be you know the camera guy or you want to be in the in the hunting industry is like do you want to do it because you think you're going to hunt all the time cuz if that's the case then you don't it's like if you think you're going to be the star or you want to be you know hunt all the time then that's not you know the reason you want to get into this because you know they go out and they hang stands and hang sets and stuff but they're hanging them you know for different reasons you know to get in you know the good get in the right position for a good shot or you know be in place to capture the right things and just like all the work and stuff that goes into it but man you're right though like you don't really hear too much about the camera guy unless you that video (laughs) a couple of years ago that went viral where the one guy cussed his camera guy out (laughs) because (laughs) yeah yeah. like (laughs) it's like oh now you want to put the focus on the camera guy <laughs> <laughs> but but no, man, it, it is fun, you know. I, like I said, having a TV background and you know just working at live television, it is definitely a refreshing when I get to step back and do some stuff on my own and get to you know film some of my hunts or be out and get to take pictures or you know shoot uh some of the animals and stuff like that Um, and even just to get out to play with the the different cameras and come up with different scenarios and where to put cameras and playing with cameras in the in the wild maybe the next time you go on a hunt and stuff like all of that man just that creativity and just mixing the outdoors with it like I said it's a great thing definitely
1: it really is it's like I said it's a lot of fun and then still like for the rodeo side it's like when we go to pbr events and stuff some of the bigger ones it's like these some of these guys i've been watching since i was a little kid like the first time i got to see like tom murray and like walk by him like we're in the same place
0: like you know <laughs> right. these people
1: that i've watched on tv for so many years and then i get to be like behind the shoots taking pictures of them or like like even still like if you take a picture of someone like that like for me And then we post it, we'll tag it in, tag that person in or tag their page. And like, they'll come and like that picture. Like that's, that's cool enough for me right there. Like for somebody that I looked up to for so long, like something that I did of them, you know?
0: Right. Right. So that's another level of, of, of gratification and a, and a, Another level, of just you know, it's like, all right, I'm 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 doing this. This is what I'm supposed yeah. to be doing. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be, man. And anytime you can get that reinforcement, that's also a good thing as well. Yes, sir. Man, so Brandon, before I get you out of here, what? Is, I guess my my last question is, what's next? Like, what what is? What are you looking forward to as we winding out 2020? What are you looking forward to for, for next year and coming up?
1: Um, just seeing what comes. We got a couple things on the books or trying to get on the books. I guess I might be trying to go to Missouri next month. and might try to shoot a whitetail there. Um, that'll be an, an adventure for sure. Um, <laughs> and then planning on doing some turkey hunting in the spring and trying to get that going and maybe film to actually get one on uh, camera a kill on camera this year but um we got a couple events like for houston livestock show and rodeo that we're trying to work through with all the stuff covet stuff and plan and we put on a, a clay shoot for kids and then we have a an adult clay shoot as a fundraiser so trying to get that planned out and stuff to you know make that happen so we don't have to like give up anything that we're gonna give to the kids or anything like that but um just seeing trying to find every opportunity that i can and take advantage of it pretty much
0: awesome man well i know i wish you the best of luck i'm looking forward to following your pages and seeing your work and seeing all the uh all the stuff that you're doing so from uh from one creator to another, man, I wish you the best, and thank you for coming on the show.
1: Yeah, no problem, man. I, I enjoyed it for sure. Hopefully I can come back on again and talk some turkeys maybe.
0: Hey, let's book it. That sounds like a plan to me.
1: Sounds good, man.
0: All right, now. Happy holidays, bro. You too. Brandland. One more time, thank you to Brandon for coming through. Blessing us with his pre- with his presence. Make sure you go and check out uh, his social media platforms that he's got. My man is doing some big things out here. Before I get ready to get out of here and start enjoying the Christmas holidays, enjoying the last part of 2020, I just want to remind y'all to go and check out bryantlandcountry.com. It is our website, bryantlandcountry.com. We got everything. If you need a last-minute Christmas gift, we got those two. If you type in the code BRYANTLAND, 20% off, you can do that at our shop, bryantlandcountry.com. We got past podcasts. We have videos, everything that you need. Make sure you go check out our website, bryantlandcountry.com. Want to say thank you and Merry Christmas to the folks at Onyx Hunt. They sponsor our podcast. Number one mapping technology in the world. Know where you stand. Make sure you check it out. The folks at Onyx Hunt. Also want to say thank you and Merry Christmas to the folks over at Traeger. We are Traeger Ambassador. We will be putting some meats on the Traeger Grill for Christmas dinner and want to say thank you and Merry Christmas to those folks as well. Last but not least, also want to say thank you and Merry Christmas to the folks over at our Center Boots. They have supplied boots for us for the times that we've been able to get out and hunt, do some things on the land. Big thank you, big shout out, big Merry Christmas to those folks over at iris Setter boots man i hope y'all have a great christmas eat a great christmas dinner fellowship with family stay safe with this COVID hell that we're in but make sure you guys just enjoy the holiday get a chance to hunt if you got some time get some hunts in and make sure you come back next week for the final episode of 2020 of the bryantland show right here.